Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. With Who Knows Wins, this is not betting as you know it. Put your money where your mates are. Playing is easy. Make your predictions on the outcomes of your chosen fixtures. For every result you predict correctly, you get a point in your league. At the end of the competition, whoever's got the most points wins and proves their top dog. Choose your own entry fee, however substantial or small, and split the winner's pot as you see fit. Who Knows Wins. Download the app now and start playing. Hello and welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor joining me today as well. We're going to reflect on that Swansea result. Was it a penalty? Chris Brunt's inclusion, the performances in the last few games as well, and injuries proving to be a problem perhaps at Ashton Gate too. And we'll look ahead to the Bournemouth match on Wednesday evening too. Uh, hello, Gregor. Thanks for coming on. So a uh, long trip for you to Bournemouth on Wednesday, but let's start by talking about the Swansea result. Uh, got a draw from it. Dean Holden made a tactical changed didn't he when they were 1-0 down what did you make of what happened on Saturday afternoon I think on reflection it's actually a very big point I was really worried getting towards the end of the game that it was going to be two defeats on the slot and I think that would have been really damaging for morale I think the fans would have been pretty dispirited after that so to get a late equaliser and to be honest I couldn't see where that was going to come from. I thought there were a lot of lot of problems for Bristol City carrying on from the Tuesday night. They weren't creating very much and we'll come on to this, I suppose, that really I didn't think it was a very good City performance. Mm. And yeah, it was probably the right result, 1-1. One, one. Um, although I'm not too sure how much of a penalty it was. My, my initial reaction was there was a penalty actually. So, and I do kind of agree with Dean Holden who said after the game that these things kind of even themselves out. Yeah. If you remember the Tyreek back in sort of... I was going to say, I thought on Tuesday yes. night they could have had one. So that sort of feels, you know, it goes round, doesn't it? It comes round. It also not always fair on the team are necessarily playing, but they could have had one on, on the Tuesday evening, couldn't they? So Yeah, I, the feeling in the press box afterwards, but mostly from the Swansea reporters, was that it was a very, very soft penalty. Yeah. But I've watched it a couple of times. I, I do think it is a penalty. I'm, I'm in the minority because I've seen other, a lot of other people saying it's very soft. Uh, but for me, I thought it was. I thought it was just a little bit clumsy by Conor Roberts. Yeah. I think he's... He, does he slip? I've got a feeling Steve Cooper said he slipped. Uh, and obviously Steve Cooper was yeah, pretty incandescent almost yeah. ab about the appeal. I'll tell you what, from Steve Cooper's press conference afterwards, one thing that arose from me, I, I was massively impressed by this from the Swansea end, and I thought it was very interesting, was they, they'd identified this referee, referee Langford, Oliver Langford, I think it was, and they'd done their research on him, and they'd they 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 recognise which kind of decisions he, he gives in games by the volume of them. They'd split it all down. They looked at the data, wow. and uh, that's incredible analysis. I think of of the officials, and I always think that is worth doing because those marginal calls make such a big yes. difference. I mean, it has done exactly here. So they they kind of from Steve Cooper's post match uh, press conference kind of expected something like this to happen almost mm. and he had to be very careful with what he said afterwards because yeah. that is what transpired yeah I mean it's got to be said that often when these two teams play each other they cancel each other out we've seen a lot of goalish draws when they've met before it doesn't so often end in a draw because they are 
at the moment, I would say, quite evenly matched. And is that sort of predictive as to where they might be finishing this season? Because as it stands, I would expect them both to be flirting with the playoff places. Yeah, I completely agree. I think they are well matched. It was fairly even on Saturday. I thought Bristol City started the better. Dean Holder made five changes, four guys making their first league starts of the season. And I thought that actually worked for Bristol City because they had a lot more energy compared to midweek when against Tuesday, on Tuesday against Middlesbrough. They looked mm. very flat in that performance, whereas they had that bit more zip. So, yeah, I th- kudos to Dean Holder. I thought that, that worked. And they, for the first 20 minutes or so, Swansea only had one chance. Bristol City didn't really create too much either. The best one, early chance was that one of Jamie Patterson's where he wriggled through midfield and was suddenly clean through one-on-one. But um, he couldn't beat the Swansea keeper, um, Freddie Woodman. His shot was too tame. And yeah, after that, though, I thought Swansea looked the better side. And that, the, the feeling I got from watching this game was that whoever scored first was going to win it. Mm. And so when, when Swansea did it through Lowe, who was probably the, the outstanding player for me from, from the Swans, it wasn't a real surprise. And thereafter, I didn't feel that Bristol City were going to get back in the game. They weren't creating anything, so I could only see the defeat. So when they got that penalty decision and the penalty, I, I do think in the context of the bigger picture, I do think that's a big point. And I mean, there are positives. I mean, it was, it was a bad display for me because if you look at the expected goals, uh, stats from this this game and the last game they've created around 0.6 0.7 of a goal from Swansea it was 0.3 of a goal against Middlesbrough whereas they've been um, making 1.5 goals per game in the first three games of the season so it's a massive drop off on, on creativity and chances made uh, which is worrying but but ultimately, they've only lost one game. They're, they're, I know it's early in the in the season, but they're second in the table, and there are positives. Yeah, there's plenty of positives. Second table, like you say. Uh, but looking back at that Swansea game, Chris Brunt was included. Were you surprised at that? Uh, yes, I was actually. I, I know Chris Brunt has come in, and he's he's got this role to play as the experienced man to sweep things up at the end of. The match and just incidentally I, I always thought that that's the role that Corey Smith would play when he went over to Swansea and they snapped him up on a free transfer so I've been a bit surprised to see Corey he is start, has started every single match for Swansea mm. City and just on him he had that great chance at the end of the game and I could just my eyes <laughs> lighted up when he went oh. through there because I just could just see the headlines and everything yep. it's Smith yeah yeah um, yeah, um, not to be, of course, and maybe why he only scored a couple of goals in his time at Bristol City. But, but yeah, on, on Brunt, I thought he put in a very uh, effective display in, in front of the defence there. A, a lot of people have pointed to his passing, which was superb in the game. It gave them a, a real outlet at times because he could pick out longer passes. It is some great balls down the flanks for the, for the likes of Semenyo to run onto <laughs> and his free kick that he fizzed over arcing free kick from the left that I think was headed by Taylor Moore just that was tipped around the, the, the post which was actually one of Bristol City's best chances in the uh, second half uh, sorry first half that, that was a good one too so yeah I thought it was fairly effective the only thing with Brunt is he plays that role, as I say, like Backinson, sat in front of the defence, and there's a, a bit of an, an economy of movement, i.e. he didn't get around the pitch 
and press as much as someone who maybe is a bit more energetic or he's a little dare, bit say, older, younger. isn't he? Yeah, he's a little yeah. bit older, like in the nicest way. And actually, Greg will caught up with him after the game. Uh, here's a bit of their chat and really interesting here about his relationship with Dean Holden. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was uh, obviously a bit rusty. I think it's my first league start in about two seasons, to be totally honest. So, um, uh, no, it was good. Obviously, there was a few, few rusty ones early doors, but I think as the, as the game wore on, it, you know, you sort of, even at my age, you sort of get, you get a bit more confident as, it, as you get a few more touches of the ball. And no, I enjoyed it. You know, the lads have been, you know, they're, all, they're an honest group of boys, and it's been nice working with. Uh, I'm, I'm playing with different lads. To be, to be honest, I've, I've really enjoyed my, my first few weeks at the club, and you know, hopefully, I can just sort of get a few more, a few more minutes under my belt and get a bit more match fitness. What, what, what do you make of Bristol City's start to the season in general? Obviously, it's just the one defeat, but maybe well, no, three games without a win now, though. Yeah, look, I, I think it's important we don't get hung, too hung up on, on three games without a win. You know, this is a, it's a demanding league, it's a tough league, it's it's a long, it's, it's even harder this season. You know, obviously you're cramming so many games in the shortest space of time too. So look, I mean. It's easy getting carried away, winning four at the first four, but you know it's how you respond from sort of setbacks. And you know we we didn't do very well on Tuesday night. We, I think everybody's a bit disappointed with how we played, but we should have came away with the point and get a nil-nil draw minimum. Like you know that that that's I think that's that's what you need to do in this league when you're not playing well. You need to grind out results. And you know I think we were probably the, we probably shaded it today on 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 the sort of the, the possession and, and stuff like that in the game, but. As I said, there wasn't really an awful lot in the game, so a draw is probably fair. And you know, you take that and you move on. You know, you've beauty of this league is you never have to wait too long for another game. So you know, it's important we we try and get it right again on on, on Wednesday night. Well, just finally, what have you made of Dean Holden since joining the club? Yeah, he's been great for me. I mean, I know all the lads speak very highly of him from when he was a when he was a coach here before. And, He's obviously transitioned going into going into the managers a new thing for him, but I think given my the stage of my career, I think it's it's important for me to obviously try and sort of look look to not to help him, but you know, like obviously I'm experienced and you know if, if anything I can do to sort of make make his job a little bit easier, then that, that that's great. I'm 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 here for that as well. So he's been he's been super with me. All the lads responded well to him, and they they want to do well for him. So that's. I think that's a good combination. You know, when people you've got something to say down that lads want to do well for, that's that, that means a lot, I think. So Gregor, he seems he seems like a very nice guy, Chris Brunt. Um interesting yeah. to hear how, you know, he feels sort of age-wise, he's a little bit closer to Dean Holden and the relationship they have. How valuable is it to have that experience of Chris Brunt's? And and do you think he's gonna get more game time in the weeks to come? Yeah, I do. I think he's got a role in the squad. I, I some supporters might wonder why you've brought in a, a guy who's 35 years old and as he said in that interview when I spoke to him that this was really his first start for almost two years or something so some people may say why, why the heck have we brought him in but I can see the role for a, a guy like that he's an experienced head he'll be able to nurse them through certain situations I think what what we don't always realise as, as supporters or working in the media is the effect that some of these guys can have in the dressing room and, mm. and just being a, somebody for the younger players to turn to to learn from being an ultra professional passing on good habits all this kind of intangible stuff mm -hmm. it, it does, does really have an effect so I can see the logic in that and yes I do think he's going to play a fair bit over the games I don't think he'll, he'll get too many starts I do think they did need to freshen up for this this game I think Dean Holden actually got it right 
in terms of making the five changes and they kind of got away with it a little bit because the display wasn't the greatest. But yeah, I expected more to return to that um, place on the bench and coming on late on in games, 10 to 15 minutes. He's a, <laughs> he's a very tall bloke as well. So he's another useful guy to have in the air. So, and just, yeah, just reading the game, picking up the pieces and, and helping City in the final 10 minutes of games. So that's, that's how I see him um, uh, playing out from here on. Um, the, the last three games, then we've heard true two draws and a defeat, which is stark contrast to the to the start of the season. So, really, since the international break, unfortunately, things have dropped off a little bit. But looking at the overall context, injuries are again proving to be a problem, aren't they? Massive, yeah, massive. I think we're facing a really testing time now for Bristol City. I would suggest this is. Might might be the toughest fixture of the season so far on Wednesday, because I really like the look of Bournemouth and their squad. I think they've got a very good set of players there. I think they'll be right in the mix there, unbeaten themselves. Obviously, got that very late uh, equaliser against Watford, who I rate as well. I think the three Premier League relegated sides are going to be the three teams to catch this season. I think if you finish above them, I reckon you'll be promoted this season. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if those three even went straight back up. Yeah, uh, they're all nicely positioned if you look in the table at the moment. Mm. But and none of them, are, none of them have had an outstanding start. But all of them have got some real quality in their ranks. Who, uh, in certain players, I mean, you look at the likes of. Watford, for example, and yeah, and then and then people like Lloyd Kelly, even former Bristol City player, of course, who who was very close to joining Liverpool instead of Bournemouth that summer that he went. There were some reports even that he had a medical booked in at, at Liverpool, but he ended up going to Bournemouth instead for more first team chances, and that shows the quality that he's got. He, he, it's going to be interesting seeing him playing against his former team on, on Wednesday. So, yeah, I think it's going to be incredibly tough the next few games against Bournemouth and Norwich. But as you say, especially when you've got those now six injuries in the camp, the Steven Sessegnon yeah. stretch it off and Andy Vyman limping off at the weekend. We, yeah. We're yet to hear on Alfie Mawson, but yeah, I'm not it's concerning. good news. Yeah. Yeah. It looked nasty, didn't it, when he went off? And yeah, it just feels injuries are always such a problem for Bristol City. OK, coming up, we're going to look ahead to that Bournemouth match. Uh, Greg was just talking about those teams there. Uh, the championship, championship, how it's shaping up overall. And Dean Holden's personal touch from the weekend as well. Robins at the gate. With Who Knows Wins, this is not betting as you know it. Download the app now and start playing. Robins at the gate with Michelle Owen. Okay, Gregor, two big matches coming up then. You referenced them just before the break there. Two teams that we think will be vying for promotion came down last season. Uh, Norwich City, but first Bournemouth uh, on a Wednesday evening. Now, looking at Bournemouth's results, they haven't been spectacular by any means. Uh, three draws on the bounce now, uh, including one against Watford, who you'd expect to be up there uh, as well. Uh, looking ahead to this one, I sort of feel like a draw actually would be an OK result away from home. I'd say that. I would say that. Yeah, even though it would push out the run of games to four games without mm. a win, I definitely would take that. I think if if Bristol City could get through these two games with maybe just one loss. I know that sounds pretty defeatist, but it's just just realistic. I think I think there's a chance, don't get me wrong, there's a chance that Bristol City could sell through both games and, and, and not lose either. But given that they're playing two squads who've got massive financial advantages from parachute payments, basically these two squads will be earning... Yeah, 
to for at least double what 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 the Bristol City squad is is paid out. So if, if not more, so it's going to be very tough. There's quality in both squads, as you say. Neither Norwich or Bournemouth have had amazing starts, but. I look at someone like Dominic Solanke. I personally really rate Solanke. He's mm. been outstanding at England youth level, and sometimes it takes a bit of uh, a little while for these guys, uh, these these guys, to really transform their youth level prowess over to the senior game. It didn't work out for Solanke last season in the Premier League. I think he's starting to find his feet a bit more this season. He's got two goals and two yeah, assists, I believe. Sub on uh, off the match against Watford. He came on in that game. So he's being sort of rotated. Um, but yeah, it's just those players you think they're going to be such bright sparks that don't don't seem to to cut it at that, that elite, elite level. But like you say, I think he scored against Cardiff, didn't he, Solanke? So it, yeah, he's... I think he'll start against Bristol City. I think I think there might be a bit more attacking, but it's not just Lanky. They've got quality throughout oh, that no. team there. Diego Rico, yeah. Diego Rico, I rate down the down the left hand side. Jack Stacey mm. is quality. Um, obviously, we know all about the likes of um, Begovic, um, Steve Cook, Dan Gosling, uh, Chris Metham is obviously a guy they recruited. Welsh international. <laughs> yeah, for, from the championship, who was doing very well. So, yeah, that's before we get on to Lloyd Kelly and someone like Philip Billing, who was outstanding for Huddersfield in the Premier League. So, yeah, and David Brooks, I don't, is he fit? I don't think he's fit at the moment. Could could Josh King come back in as well for this one? He's obviously an, sort of an exiled man at the moment after he didn't move in the summer. So, yes. yeah, they, they've got quality players throughout. And players who've done it at Premier League level more so than Bristol City have, I would, I'd have to say, uh, a little bit more proven. And I just feel that we're getting to that stage of the season now where, where I call it regression to the mean. I always talk about it. Yeah, to this, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just just means that basically. Bristol City are in a false position in the league. They're not, unfortunately, they're second at the moment, but they're not um, a second-place team by the end of the year. But by mine or probably most people's mm. estimations, there's going to be some results that's going to peg them back and everybody's closing up in the league. So, yeah, if they could get a point, as you say, I think that would be a brilliant result from the Vitality and then move on to Norwich. And, yeah, at home, it's a little bit different and, and maybe attack that one and, and go for the three points there. I'll tell you what, though, it's a tight turnaround to Norwich. So that's a 7.45 kickoff on Wednesday evening. And then it's a 12.30 kickoff on Saturday against Norwich. I mean, that's got to be one yeah. of the tightest turnarounds of, of the whole season anyway against the Norwich side who, I mean, if you want to talk about quality, Timo Puki, Todd Cantwell, uh, Bundia. There's, uh, there's just so much quality in that Norwich side and hardly any time for recovery. Yeah, Norwich actually play on the Tuesday as well. So they've got a whole day more to, to prepare. And yeah. I know that, that that kind of thing is is worth a, a heck of a lot to head coaches and managers. They they routinely um, yeah, mention that, that that extra preparation time to for players to recover from the, from the last game. So that's a huge advantage for Norwich City, unfortunately. I'm not too sure why the EFL have decided that. Obviously, it's... I think it's um, on TV that game. Uh, I assume, hence the earlier kickoff on Saturday. But Bristol City are going to have to roll with the punches there and and just see what they can get. I, again, I don't think a draw would be that bad. And and if they could remain unbeaten, got to look at the bigger picture in the longer term and then try and get the wins and, and um, after that. 
Yeah, and looking at that Norwich side, I mean, they're, they're the sort of side you would expect to be bounced back up with that quality. If you look at their results so far, they did only just get past Wickham on Saturday. It took a very late goal for them uh, to do that, of Rancic. A goal, I think, it's the ninety-first minute. So you know, it's a game at home, so there is some hope without being too defeatist, and perhaps fancy that one more than the Bournemouth game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Championship, anyone can beat anyone. I mean, just look at that Derby game that Norwich played as well. Norwich were all over Derby, had a penalty, Pookie slips, uh, they don't score. Wayne Rooney is about to be substituted off. Then, then he gets a free kick and I think that basically the Derby bench say, go on, take that free kick, then we'll bring you off. And he then puts it in the top corner. <laughs> that's that's the championship all over. They they, they escape out of that game with a 1-0 win at from Carroll Road, completely against the, the, the odds. So, yeah, it's, it's possible. It's going to be difficult. Um, spirit is going to be huge. And the, the, the Bristol City squad is going to be tested to the utmost. It, it's probably, yeah, we, we might well see the likes of Callum O'Dowder or, or someone like that involved. And actually, if you remember O'Dowder, he scored that amazing goal in the at Carroll Road the last mm. time Norwich City were in the championship. So, so yeah, we, we, we're maybe going to see what, what the guys on the fringe of the squad can do. And you're right, though, the turnaround time is just not very helpful at all. Is no, it? no, not at all. Uh, well, something that's been hitting the headlines and we talked about in the last podcast is how fans have been in Ashton Gate, not watching the game, but they've been up in the Lansdowne Suite and down in the sports bar and pizzeria, uh, which we all think is crazy. But one of the big things uh, that we saw was Dean Holden go and speak to the fans directly. And I saw on social media that the fans really appreciated that. Can you imagine any other Bristol City manager in recent times really doing that, Gregor? Is that sort of typical of Dean Holden? I think it's typical of Dean Holden. Really lovely touch, isn't it? And just taking some time out and recognising the supporters and and, and that it's tough for them. I mean, it's, it's just absurd, isn't it, that you can be just literally inches away from watching the game and you've got to watch it on the big screen. But let's not go through all of that again. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's just, just does not make any sense. I saw... Uh, reports from other grounds across the championship all doing the same. Norwich were doing it at the weekend, weren't they? And I think up at Hull as well. So um, across the EFL, and yeah, it just does not, just does not make any sense whatsoever. So I feel for the fans. Really hopeful that at some point they can return. And yeah, as you say, lovely touch from Dean Holden taking some time out. He's consistently done that, hasn't he? And mm. as you as you say, he's, he, he's a good guy um, from that. And uh, yeah, he's doing doing all right with the results and with City at the moment as well. Yeah, um, I've got some fan tweets here that I just want to run past you. Um, pretty contrasting ones. I basically asked for people's thoughts on the start of the season. And Mark said, just two decent performances so far. Stoke and Sheffield Wednesday in the second half. Otherwise, results have been far better than performance. Same as last season. Same number of points after seven games. No reason to believe the final position will be any better. Uh, but Philippa says, it's been a great start, but in the top six since the opening day, just need to keep picking up the points as it's going to be so close with the number of good teams in the championship. One point can end up being the difference between a good and brilliant season. Which one of those do you think is more accurate, Gregor? <laughs> I think it's somewhere in the middle. I don't agree with the first tweet saying that the, the only good performances were those. That's not true. I thought the performance at Barnsley was very good. If you, if you think about it, they were just seconds away. Probably the last action of the game and they win that. They would have won that game if O'Dowd had 
doesn't doesn't concede that penalty. And I always look back at the expected goals, as I mentioned before, to to really evaluate how good um, their attack is during the game. And they created one point eight. Um, goals in that game from expected goals values and if you compare that to the year before remember when they drew 2-2 as well it was something like 0.6 so I see that as a massive improvement although obviously you have to factor in have Barnsley dropped at the same time they probably have done because they normally do lose a, a few players here and there along the way and but, but ultimately that is a massive improvement I've seen some tweets from fans saying that they felt very differently after the Barnsley game uh, this year compared to last year, in in terms of last year, it felt yeah like almost like a defeat because they were two 0 mm. up, maybe undeservedly, and were pegged back. And whereas this year they they were one 0 down, came back, turned it all around, were looking good for the win, um, but just couldn't hold out right at the end there. So yeah, I I think there have been better performances this season, definitely. From what I've seen, I, I do feel that this is a better side than last season's Bristol City. I I think they're going to finish in the top half. I, I I think they'll finish higher than 12. It's just going to be a question of where exactly. I'm not too sure they've got quite enough for the top six at the moment. But the season is long. Uh, they could prove me wrong. And we have got January to make to, to make some adjustments to the squad and, and maybe add that bit of quality. So, yeah, somewhere between those two tweets, I would suggest. Okay, yeah. All right. I think I think you're about right because they were quite two ends of the spectrum, weren't they? Well, I guess we'll find out a lot more after these two games against Bournemouth and then Norwich. So we'll be back next week to reflect on those games. It's going to be a testing time for Bristol City over these two matches. Gregor, as always, thanks for coming on. And if you're listening, have a look at our sponsor, Who Knows Wins Download, the app. We're going to have another league ready to go for you to predict six scores this weekend across the Championship and Premier League. I will tweet the details for you it's Robins at the gate catch you soon thanks for listening Robins at the gate with who knows wins this is not betting as you know it download the app now and start playing please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts